Back in July, an Ohio plastic surgeon lost her medical license after the state medical board investigated her for live streaming operations on TikTok. The state medical board of Ohio voted to permanently revoke Dr. Catherine Roxanne Gras's medical license. TikTok fans know Dr. Gras by the name Dr. Roxy, and she gained millions, millions of views and followers over the past few years by live-streaming plastic surgeries from her office. Seriously. Seriously. The journalist Judith Newman, who we're going to talk to today, was one of those viewers. Once she stumbled on Dr. Roxy's liposuctions, implants, and butt lifts, she couldn't look away. Neither could a lot of people. Dr. Roxy's been a staple of hashtag plastic surgery talk, as well as a presence on Snapchat and Instagram for quite some time now. She's a 40-something bubbly blonde who wears pink lipstick and dances in front of the camera. She often prances around the operating room, hugging and high-fiving her patients right before they're about to go under the knife. She's good at talking to the camera. Real good. Although sometimes she does use some questionable props. She explained one vaginoplasty procedure by using a ham sandwich. During the surgeries, Dr. Roxy narrates them and also answers live questions while she is cutting into patients' bodies. You can also see her vigorously suctioning fat from people's butts and stomachs and wiping away flecks of blood and lymphatic fluid from their skin. In one close-up of a patient's booty while undergoing surgery, she actually tells the camera, see how cute it makes her butt look already? As I said, the journalist Judith Newman wrote about Dr. Roxy recently. She wrote about her for the cut, and she is the perfect person to talk to us about this story. She began as a viewer of Dr. Roxy's videos, and then she reported on Dr. Roxy's case. She's interviewed dozens, dozens of former patients of Dr. Roxy's and covered her hearing. Judith has had this front row seat to the downfall of a TikTok plastic surgeon, and this story, I have to tell you, it is one of the most devastating and riveting that we've talked about so far in this podcast. Um, it's interesting because I had just become kind of a aficionado of TikTok. And but the kind of things I like on TikTok, you know, the my my for you page is like cursing cockatoos and uh uh you know, dogs looking guilty and that kind of thing. But I also kind of liked uh plastic surgery before and afters. That's Judith Newman. As she said, she just kind of started out as a fan. And one day, about a year and a half ago, she tunes in and there's this pretty young blonde woman performing surgery while she's talking to the camera. And she's like very forcefully liposuctioning someone. I'm like, this isn't good. Um, and, and I thought, wow, but you know how the algorithm is. It kept returning me to this woman. And I, I just began watching her kind of obsessively and I went and I looked she had a hundreds of thousands of uh, followers and she had more than that on Instagram I preface this by saying uh, my own mother was a doctor she was a radiologist 
And one thing she always used to say to me, uh, which made me laugh, was you have to work really, really hard to, uh, to lose your medical license. And why is that? Because, you know, doctors have like that sort of thin blue line thing. They, they protect each other. So if you are in a state where you've had your license suspended, you are in real trouble. Uh, but when I, I wrote this story, obviously based on the, the, um, the plight of a bunch of women, uh, but, I, but it also became, in my mind, uh, a real story about what happens when you chase clout and you're in a serious profession. Um, what happens on the internet? You want your doctor to feel that they're, they're kind of playing God. But when does that tip over into something else, right? And when does it tip over into needing the adulation of so many people that that becomes your goal more than an adequate standard of care medically? And I think that's what happened. By the time Judith began reporting this story, there had been hundreds of complaints filed against Dr. Roxy. What finally happened uh, was a series of awfulness. One woman being uh, having her, her intestines perforated multiple times. Why? Because Dr. Graw is talking to women, uh, talking to the audience, while she's liposuctioning, she's looking at a camera. She's not looking at what she's doing. She's not looking at the operative field. So at any rate, this was, this was kind of the, the, what I came interested in. Oh, geez. there were over 2,000 people uh, talking about what had happened to them. Some, of course, were just onlookers. But there was one infection after the other, very serious infections. Uh, one story of disfigurement after the other. The experts that Judith talked to believed that the rate of infection was so high because there were always people filming in the room. And that means that the area isn't necessarily sanitized. The people filming in the room could often be seen standing over the body of the patient. And how sterile is that? So it's something of an open question of how well they were maintaining the rules of sterility. Judith doesn't necessarily think that Dr. Roxy did any of this on purpose. She doesn't believe she set out to harm patients. She thinks it might be what happens when you're trying to do something like perform surgery, but also perform for an audience. Something that might just be impossible. I don't think it was purposeful. I don't think there was anything malicious about it. Um, but here she was, this lovely Midwestern doctor who had TikTok videos of herself dancing, twerking in the, in the operating room, hugging her patients before they went under, talking about how cute their butts are going to be when she's finished with them. You know, she, she felt that she was like being inspirational. Uh, while she was operating on them. But the problem was that this was, this was geared towards the eyes of an adoring public. I asked Judith to describe in a little bit more detail 
exactly what some of the patients complained about when they brought a case against Dr. Roxy. And I want to let you know that this gets pretty graphic here. They were, they were called patient one, two, and three. Patient one uh, was in her late 40s. She had an abdominoplasty and a, a Brazilian butt lip, lift and liposuction of the upper and lower back under general anesthesia. I should add that this was all done in an office setting. And one of the things that Dr. Roxy was brought up on was the fact that she uh, was doing very, very long procedures in an office setting, a, a quote-unquote operating theater that hadn't been credited. Uh, but, but that aside, so, so patient one, unfortunately, she was the person who had six punctures of her bowel. And the video that accompanied this showed, the video that the, the doctor took showed that she was looking at the camera, not at the fields of surgery. So that was, that was uh, to put it mildly, problematic. Then there were the two other patients uh, had a series of things happen. Another one of them had other bowel perfora perforations. A third one had uh, her, her, her tissue, her, her breast tissue, bled after uh, a lift. And also, I believe it was the nipples as well as other tissue uh, went necrotic, meaning that the blood supply uh, just died. And you, what happens when that happens is that your uh, nipples become black and they fall off. So. Th these were the cases that she was brought up on, but there are, right now, I believe there are 10 or 11 uh, additional lawsuits uh, that are pending. Um, so, and there, there were others that were settled by her insurance company. There were others that weren't. I, I do want to emphasize that this was a horrible, horrible situation. This is not an evil person. This is a person who is careless. And this is what happens, I think, um, when there's this chasing of cloud. We're going to take a quick break here. Be right back. As I've gotten a little bit older, a little bit older, had a few babies, I've noticed that my body is starting to smell different. Not necessarily bad, not all the time, at least. But, but different. And so I've recently, on the recommendation of one of my really good college girlfriends, been using Lumi Whole Body Deodorant. Have you guys heard of this? It's great. It's a deodorant like no other. It was created by an OBGYN who discovered that BO isn't just an underarm thing. It can be an all-over-your-body thing, an unexpected places thing. And so she developed a pH-optimized deodorant that is clinically proven to block odor everywhere. Not just in your armpits, but in your private areas, your feet, just all over, in all of the parts. And the best part is, no matter where you use it, Lumi is proven to keep working for up to 72 hours. That's a lot of time. That's three days of odor control. And that is kind of a miracle, to be honest. This is coming from someone who only remembers to shave one of their legs at a time. And there's a special offer happening right now. New customers can get $5 off Lumi's starter pack 
with our exclusive code, which is INFLUENCE. INFLUENCE. It's always going to be INFLUENCE, guys. And for a limited time, returning customers can get $5 off their next purchase of $30 or more. Just use the code INFLUENCE at LumiDeodorant.com. Now, if you need help spelling Lumi, I've got you. It is L-U-M-E deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T dot com. I've been using it. I love it. It makes my life a whole lot easier because are you ever that person who forgets to put on the deodorant in the morning? And then you're walking around and you're like, what is that smell? Is it me? It's me. It's almost always me. But deodorant that lasts for three days, that is pretty amazing. Again, the special offer is that new customers can get $5 off Lumi's starter pack with our exclusive code INFLUENCE. Lumi's starter pack is pretty perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, and two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes. I personally really love the deodorant wipes because they fit right in my purse. And if I'm just on the go and I'm like, oh, weird, there's like a strange smell happening. I'm just going to take this wipe out of my purse and it looks like a baby wipe. So you have no idea what I'm doing. There's also free shipping, which is great. I always love the free shipping. And returning customers can get $5 off their next purchase of $30 or more. Just use the code influence at lumideodorant.com. Outside of the office, Dr. Roxy was a mom like a lot of us. She had three kids, like me. She was a soccer mom. And she also worked all the time. By her own admission, she had, I believe she said she did something like 1,200 different surgeries in the course of a year. Think about that. Think about what it is to do 1,200 surgeries over 365 days. That just, that's almost inconceivable. It, it makes your place a factory. Um, she had people running interference for her. One doctor in particular who would tell all of the people who were coming to her when they came with complaints, uh, they never got to see her. Almost never. She, she didn't respond. She would just have this doctor uh, who was himself a general surgeon, not a plastic surgeon, who worked for her, say, you're not eating enough protein. You're not drinking enough water. This is going to be fine. And this is when people were coming with literally, I, 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 because I've seen the pictures. People sent me all sorts of photos of their stitches coming apart, both under their breasts and, and uh, on their stomachs. So, but, but for all of the horror of this, um, I, I could say that she was, she was clearly in denial about much of it. I, I don't want to be an armchair psychologist here, but I, I just think that there were some, well, I will be. I mean, I think there were some issues of grandiosity. Um, and that's only my personal opinion, obviously. The level of damage done in Dr. Roxy's cases was extraordinary. But her behavior wasn't. The way she behaved on social media is the way that most people behave on social media when they want attention, doctors included. And there's like all of the technicians in the office are dancing with breast implants over their heads. 
They're dancing to like Rihanna or something. Um, there are doctors in New York City too, which like the entire neurology team of a very well-known hospital, they're doing TikTok dances. So it's like, I, I was joking with someone. It's like, God, you know, you don't really want your brain surgeons to be, to be uh, doing like a conga line. And I thought I was kidding about brain surgeons doing it. And there are brain surgeons doing this. So you have to say that, that the way people attract attention to themselves I think it is problematic for something as serious as surgery. It gets you acolytes. It gets you business. But what's the price you're paying? She's paid the ultimate price with losing her medical license. Lots of other people don't. But because, I mean, she was doing something that others aren't doing. It's one thing to be dancing in an operating room or twerking or, you know, as she's doing, talking about surgery sometimes. She, she has a whole video talking about um, labioplasty using a ham sandwich. That's an example. My recording actually got distorted here while I was talking to Judith, but I told her that my labia probably looks like a ham sandwich, but I don't know because I, I, I don't, I haven't gone down there in a while. I haven't looked, looked down there like with the compact and the mirror thing. Probably. Actually, you know, in a really freaking long time. This led Judith and I to start a conversation about how we are not at all judgmental of people who have plastic surgery. Not not even a little bit. Longtime listeners of the show know that I had a nose job about 12, 13 years ago. I love my nose job. I'm so much happier with my new nose. I just freaking love it. I want a boob lift. I want a tummy tuck. I want all the things. I mean, do people... People should do what they want to do to feel good about their bodies. I don't care what that is. And Judith agrees. I'm not a stranger to plastic surgery. I had twins. I had an abdominoplasty afterwards. Um, I've, I think people should do exactly what they want to do with their bodies, um, oh, almost without exception. Not to mention my, you know, probably paying half my child's college tuition in, in Botox every year and that kind of thing. This, this has nothing to do, in my mind anyway, with, uh, uh, with a, a disparagement of plastic surgery in any way. I think you have to really go and talk to people. You have to go see a doctor, do the consult, see the doctor's work, and of course try to talk to uh, patients of theirs. And, and not just the one or two that they give. So uh, in many ways, this story is fascinating because it's gruesome. But I hope, I kind of hope it's also a cautionary tale, you know? I kind of hope that it'll make people stop and think when they're very enthusiastic and when they're following somebody uh, on Instagram or on TikTok, who they think, I have to have that doctor. That, that, I, I need the celebrity doctor. Not to say that sometimes celebrity doctors aren't good, but really be careful. That's the only thing I'd like people to be left with. One question I had was why people, why patients agreed to be filmed in the first place. And I, I don't think that I would want someone live streaming 
by plastic surgery? And Judith, Judith agreed personally. But what she said was that a lot of people she talked to were actually very excited about being filmed. People love their videos, by the way. I mean, they, it was like a little gift to have a video of your surgery for some people. You know, I, I personally don't think I would really love that, but people not only liked being filmed for the most part, um, they, they sometimes when it was, when it was live streamed, um, they would invite like family and friends to watch this. So that, that's, uh, you know, something I don't quite understand. I don't understand having it displayed to the entire world. And I'm purely, you know, public. I, it's, it's kind of an open book. I am also pretty much an open book. And yet there is so much about this that I still don't understand. Everyone should go and read Judith Newman's piece in The Cut. It is riveting. I'm just going to read a couple of the last paragraphs from the piece to you. In the months following Judith's reporting of this, Roxy's plastic surgery business Instagram page has been wiped. Her TikTok is now private. The most recent post on her Instagram page was published the day that her license was revoked. And it is just an image of a man walking barefoot through a desert with a quote across it. You don't always have to tell your side of the story. Time will. Dr. Roxy told her followers, right now I'm just focusing on taking great care of my kids and that means staying here for them. One commenter wrote, why do you think they went really hard on you? Dr. Roxy's response was, witch hunt. That is all we've got for today, my friends. This was, like I said in the beginning of the episode, it was a doozy, a real doozy. If you love this podcast and you want to hear more episodes, leave us a review. Tell us you love us on all of the podcast places on the Apple Podcasts. It helps. It helps them to show the episodes to more people because we're all governed by the algorithm overlords. And as always, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say it in, at the end of an episode about botched liposuction. You can pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today wherever books are sold so that I could get a tummy tuck and a boob lift. I mean, I probably won't, but I want one. I want one. Okay, go have a day. Go have a good day. You deserve it. <laughs>